Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talent Talks. Today, we are excited to be joined by Valerie Fredrickson, founder and CEO, and Brian Brinkley, chief growth officer of Fredrickson Partners. Today, Valerie and Brian will be sharing their thoughts and views on the impact of coronavirus on executive search and will provide an outlook as to some of the information that can be learned and used going forward. Valerie, Brian, thank you both so much for, for your time during this unprecedented time. Nice to talk with both of you. We're happy to be here. Thanks for having us. It's good to talk to you and to all your listeners. Yeah, thanks for having us, Rob. Oh, my pleasure. All right, let's let's jump right in. First off, could you please bring our listeners up to speed with some of the current impacts you are realizing as a result of the coronavirus? How has the virus impacted you as a West Coast firm? What changes has your firm made to better position the company to work through the pandemic? You know, I'll, I'll start talking and then, Brian, you can jump in. And the pandemic is something that not a lot of people expected. But I think that on the West Coast and specifically in tech, no matter what coast you're on, working primarily with tech companies has given us a leg up over the competition. We were already set up to be 100% remote. Every single person on our team already had a full workstation at home, and we've always been a work-from-home culture anyway. So for us, Really what it just meant is we just told people, you know, don't come in on the days you normally come in, or if you already work from home, just keep doing that. So we had pretty much no downtime at all adjusting to this new temporary reality. On the client side, we also do a lot of international HR searches and and a lot of the chief people officer searches all across the country, New York, Detroit, Florida, all the major tech hubs, Austin, Seattle. And so we're used to interviewing candidates in a combination of phone, Zoom, and in-person already. So for our clients, we were able to help them get prepared to make sure that not just that first phone interview was smooth, but that those second interviews where they would normally be bring people on site, and that those second interviews were really teed up to be super successful. So we've been coaching our clients on how to be warmer, how to give that personal experience when you're just doing it over Zoom, how to spend extra time with the candidates and do it through text and emails and Zoom and phone calls just to make sure that that connection is really there. And so we're happy to say that we've been closing our searches just as fast during the pandemic as we were doing before, including this goes for some international searches. We're doing a bunch of searches in Brazil right now, and we also just closed one in South Korea. And for one of the Brazil ones, the candidate managed to get to Brazil before the shutdown, but by the time she was supposed to go on site with the client, everything was shut down and the client's offices were closed. So she had to meet people in parks. And so we've been getting super creative about how we support our clients during this time. But we're happy to say that the pandemic is very difficult. Our hearts go out to everybody who's been affected by this um, in various ways, worrying about family members, having lost family members, having dealt with it themselves. But luckily on the search side, at least, it's still business as usual. Yeah, and I think what I would just chime in here is that, if, you know, just like Valerie just mentioned, is, you know, first and foremost, we hope that everyone who's listening here is just staying safe and healthy. 
um, as a health safety and well-being of our clients, our listeners is our utmost priority right now. Uh, Valerie mentioned, you know, quite a bit on just business as usual on the search side. Uh, our other two service offerings around HR advisory and outplacement, we're still seeing quite a bit of demand out there in the marketplace. Um, although, you know, although we're, we're helping organizations work through that de- demand as they're actually just trying to, do, you know, continue to put through not only business continuity plans, uh, but ultimately, you know, as we're, as we're talking today on this podcast of, you know, there's a lot of organizations that are out there that are starting to plan out the next 30, 60, 90 days in terms of what is business going to look like going forward? Uh, how are we going to slowly start introducing potentially people back into, you know, physical office presence if we even decide to do that? Uh, and so with all of that, you know, I think it, it's continued to create quite a bit of uh, demand. I think the pandemic as a whole, as we look internally within our organization, um, it has given us the opportunity to really kind of double down on our internal investments in technology and AI. And we are currently today, we're in the process of just wrapping up a number of just internal projects that will ultimately bring the utmost value at a quicker speed than ever before to our clients. I think one thing folks want to know, regardless of any industry, is how long do you think the virus will last? So I'll ask you that, and how do you expect the industry to rebound from the crisis? Obviously, uh, I'm not trying to put either one of you into a crystal ball, but I'm, I'm figuring what the heck, we'll take a stab here. Are you using any of your past experiences with the 2008 recession to plan and prepare for the rest of 2020 and beyond? We are, and it's such a good question. First of all, Obviously, I'm not a doctor, but I have been in close contact with some of, some of Stanford University's best doctors, both world-class epidemiologists who I know socially. One guy coaches my daughter's soccer team, and also with some real top-notch world-class doctors who've attended the Stanford Grand Rounds on COVID and been able to share the latest with me, and I've been in touch with them pretty much every week so that I can help guide our business and all of our clients around what to do and what to expect. What what I'm prepared for, and it's part of the old adage, prepare for the worst, hope for the best, is that I think that we may end up with multiple rounds of social distancing over the next year or two as, as we work through this virus as a country and as a world. And with that comes different strains on the economy. Right now, what we're seeing, obviously, is most of the people who've been laid off are people who don't even know what executive search is. It's more people who are hourly workers. And that hasn't affected much of the work that we do, placing chief people officers, chief human resources officers, and, and you know, people in the top roles, like vice president of talent acquisition, and, you know, chief diversity officer. There's been some startups in San Francisco and other cities that have had to put their searches on hold or do some small rifts. I haven't seen it affect HR much yet because really with everything that's going on, you really need somebody in HR who can help you figure out how to manage the working from home and how to manage providing amazing employee experiences when, when there is no there there. And so what we're anticipating is that things are going to be different for a couple of years and that once things are finished being different, then we're going to have a new normal. And that new normal is going to be similar but a little different. For me, what I'm hoping is that 
we can keep some of the air pollution out. It's been so nice and gratifying to see the photos of the Himalayas from China, seeing the bottom of Lake Michigan and things like that, where it's much better because of the working from home. So I'm hoping that we'll end up with somewhere a little bit better than we are. I'm hoping that all of our clients will continue to be able to hire and keep the absolute best possible HR and people talent that they need. Because during this time, businesses need that more than ever. That's a great answer. Brian? Yeah, and I just need to add to that, you know, one of the things that she had, that uh, Valerie just mentioned around just, uh, you know, the new norms, um, certainly technology and, and, and AI is, is having a tremendous uh, positive impact on how we're enabling our remote workforces to be able to work from home. Uh, you know, certainly things that we saw back in, in 08 with, with the recession, um, you know, there's, there's absolutely things that we can learn. Uh, but one of the things, you know, I think that is different this time around is that hiring is still, we're seeing hiring still take place. You just have to get, you know, quote unquote creative on, on how you continue to hire. How do you actually onboard? Um, you're now onboarding someone remote, whereas, you know, before you may have actually brought them into the office uh, and, and put together. And so that's where I think the, the creativity comes in. And when Valerie talked about the new norms, I think those are a lot of the new norms that we start we start talking about. And we start strategizing around like how, you know, I've never had to think about remote onboarding before, but, you know, now I do. I never had to think about, you know, remote hiring or remote interviewing, but, but I do now. And, and how can that be? an ultimate, you know, cost efficiency to an organization as they're actually looking to continue to hire and build and grow with scale. I think both of your answers, if I may, allow people hope, and I think that's what people are looking for is a little bit of hope. As we talk here with Valerie Fredrickson and Brian Brinkley of Fredrickson Partners on Talent Talks, what sectors, if any, stand to benefit from the current situation? Do you expect for an increase in demand for searches in the healthcare life sciences industry? And will it, you know, uh, will, will it, what kind, what will we see going on? You know, it's, there's a real interesting mix of demand for top HR talent right now. You've got a lot of companies where it's just business as usual. We're doing a number of searches for heads of HR, heads of people for insurance companies around the country right now. And for them, they're not anticipating any reductions in force. They're not anticipating any slowdowns or stoppages in business. So it's really business as usual for the insurance industry and a number of others. At the same time, we've got health tech and healthcare booming. We also have tech companies, especially remote workforce companies, doing extremely well and hiring as fast as they can, and so are a lot of the banks. I think what's going to be interesting is to see what happens to a lot of the tech disruptor companies. We've specialized for years in placing the first-time heads of HR and heads of people at tech disruptors. First, we did a bunch of ad tech companies and then a bunch of fintechs and then a bunch of health techs. And so what are going to be the new disruptors that come out of this? It's been fascinating to look at where the venture capitalists have been doing their investing in the last few weeks. And there's been a ton of money invested in new venture capital companies. I think that coming out of this in the next couple of years, we're going to see some new companies leading, but also some really good companies that have survived this challenging time, watch some of their 
competitors go out of business, we'll be able to take advantage and gain more market share. Yeah, and I think I think adding on to that is you know certainly the organizations today that are uh, you know proverbially cash rich uh, will you know I think we'll certainly start seeing maybe an, an influx of M and A activity come second half of this year and, and even possibly going into 2021, um, which is you know again another area if you start talking about HR advisory that we've helped a number of our clients through is you know specifically around. What is that? You know, what does the HR diligence need to look like uh, from from an advisory standpoint and, and diligence standpoint? As you have a lot of these organizations that are out there that that have cash on hand that are just waiting to to do some level of consolidation. Um, you know, even specifically, you know, in, in the te- in the tech area. So that's you know, I think for for us and as well as the industry, it's I think it's an incredibly it's an exciting time, more so of uh, I think we all wish we had a crystal ball, but do we have to look into the future and say, okay. What, we all know things are going to be different, um, but what's going to be different? This is where, you know, these kind of times is where you start seeing some of the brightest innovation and some of the greatest ideas that really make fundamental change through not only the U.S. economy, but the world economy. I guess my last thing is what can be learned from this crisis going forward? I think for me, the question about what can be learned from this crisis going forward, it kind of has two parts. It's got the business side and it's got the personal side. On the business side, I've gone through downturns before. I've gone through the 2001, 2002, you know, dot-com bomb that hit us really hard in Silicon Valley. And then I went through the 2008, 2009, what I like to call the world economic meltdown, although that might seem like a walk in the park compared to this. But what I know from those times is that I know what to do. I know how to run a good business, and I know how to support my client. And if I stick to the basics and I move forward with all of those, then things work out very well. One of the things that we did during both of those previous downturns was we were able to offer our clients some services that go back to our roots. Some people know this and some people don't, but Fredrickson Partners started off as an outplacement firm 25 years ago. It will be 25 years ago in June. And we started off doing outplacement for some of the best companies in the world, for Genentech, for electronics, for imaging. At the time, that was the most profitable software company in the world. And then as I was spending time with HR execs, as they hired us to do outplacement, we ended up moving into other services like HR assessments and executive coaching and compensation work. And then by, I think, 97, we were into search. But one of the things that's given me the most joy over the years is to be able to continue to offer outplacement to our clients and, you know, to all of their employees because, for me, that's something that, that I do with a lot of love. I love search, and I also love helping people when they're really in their time of need. So for me on the business side, it's about staying close to our clients and being able to offer them what they need and to be there for them. On the personal side, this virus was tough. You know, it hit me pretty hard. I had my life set up in a way that I really liked. I had a seven-minute commute to work. My kids, I've got 10-year-old twins. They were in school till 3 o'clock or 3.15 then I had things pretty good, and then all of a sudden it was work at home, but work at home with my kids not in school, and we can't go anywhere. 
And in California, as you know, we were real leaders on the social distancing. And I had my kids being homeschooled before the district actually told us to. Most of my neighborhood did that. And we've got our parks closed. Everything is closed, 100% lockdown. And so there's been, you know, fear and frustration and loneliness with that. And for me, what I've done is I've, I've embraced two things. I've embraced my powerlessness because I think that you've got to start off with that. You've got to be humble about this and admit that we are all just the same and we all have our own reactions to it. And then also I've looked at how I can help. I started off by helping the recent Mexican immigrants who live in this area who tend to live paycheck to paycheck because the moms tend to work as housekeepers or nannies and the dads tend to be gardeners or painters and they've been hit really hard. They can't work and they don't qualify for any social services. So I started off by contacting them and arranging for food and getting neighbors through next door to Venmo certain families' money. And then from there, I've moved on to helping some of the small businesses in my hometown, in downtown Menlo Park, and consulting with the owners and telling them what they need to do to survive. Should they pay their rent? Should they not pay their rent? Should they start delivering food themselves instead of having to go through DoorDash so they can save more money? Should they lay off their staff and have them be on unemployment? Or should they close the business or not temporarily? It's been really fun helping these small business owners figure out what to do next. It's, it's a different side from the work I do with, you know, all of our, you know, super high-educated, super well-funded companies. So it's been sort of a nice thing to do on the side. And, and you know, as, as well as I do, that when you're feeling scared or feeling bad, the best way to feel better is by helping others. So that's been giving me and also my kids quite a bit of joy during this time. It's making the best of a bad situation for sure, Valerie. Brian, how about you? Yeah, I think um, in, in somewhat of a similar uh, fashion, but I think, you know, the, the first and foremost is, you know, certainly from a, a client and business standpoint is um, it just it, it readjusting a day and just uh, and looking at it as well, never underestimating the importance of empathy, compassion, and just overall human connection. Um, I, I think it's just an, an overall economy, as overall U.S. and world. I think those are, you know, three qualities and three traits that go, um, you know, to some degree underappreciated uh, and, and taking this time to to reflect that, you know, we truly are, and I know the, the hashtags are all over the place of we're in this together, but, you know, I truly believe from the bottom of my heart that we are. Um, as a business of Fredericks and Partners, we go into every single conversation, the hundreds of conversations that we've had with our clients of, you know, how are you doing, you know, making sure that, you know, first and foremost, they, you know, that person personally is doing well, their families are doing well. Um, if there's any help that we can provide, you know, we're absolutely here. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's around just bringing value uh, with no ex- expectation, anything in return. On the personal side of things, uh, you know, I've already, have always kind of worked uh, from home um, and, you know, it's certainly a, a little bit of an adjustment in, in terms of just kind of the daily routine. But, you know, really, you know, I feel like kind of hit my stride here in like, you know, week two or three where, um, you know, you, you start, you know, you start getting creative in terms of like when you when you get that creative time, when you know you've got, you know, three kids in the house, you know, two of them that are getting, um, you know, homeschooled slash, you know, e-learning. And then you've got a wife as well who who's now working from from home also. So it's, you know, for me personally, it's, 
I, I look at that and, and even having an 18 month old at home and just, you know, cherishing every single moment that, that I do get with them because, you know, when, when there's this new normal that's been created, you know, maybe when the kids are now going back to school and they're in school for seven hours of the day, I'm not going to see them, you know, day in and day out. Um, you know, and, and so that's, you know, right now is really just kind of cherishing that time. Uh, the, the other night we actually asked uh, all the kids, like, you know, if there's, one thing and kind of one tradition that uh, we've created during this time and, and being, being together, you know, what is it that you, you don't want us to, to um, uh, live without? And the overwhelming response was the family dinners. Um, and it's something that I think kind of goes, uh, you know, you, you thought it went unnoticed um, with kids, but they notice everything. And, and just having that family time uh, to sit down and making sure that you are all sitting down at the table at the same time is something that we're going to cherish forever, and we'll make sure that we continue to establish those traditions forever. It's it's a remarkable, unprecedented time that we're all going to look back on for sure. Would you like to, either one of you like to give, or both of you, give us a, a, a final thought as we wrap things up? Valerie, I'll start with you. I'd say for your audience, which is primarily heads of HR and heads of talent, I'd say that this is a time when you'll be able to look back on what you did during this period and you'll be able to be really proud of yourself, proud of how you conducted yourself as a human being, as a neighbor, as a parent, as a society member, and as an executive in a company where you're a leader. And what you say and what you do now and how you feel about it is going to be really important. And people are going to care about how you acted and they're going to remember I always think about Winston Churchill because my mom grew up in England during World War II, and growing up, she'd tell me stories about Winston Churchill and about the two little princesses from the royal family and about how the princesses didn't have any new dresses for the whole period of the war, and nobody else in England did either. And my mother felt much better about it that the princesses were in the same boat. And so I think it's important that we make sure that how we come across and that we all come across as sensitive and caring enough and committed enough to all of the different areas of responsibility we have. This is an unprecedented time, and we are being judged. We're being judged by everybody that we work with, everybody we live with, and everybody we interact with. And it's a time for all of us to do well and to be our best selves. Brian? Yeah, and I think for me, you know, Rob, first of all, you know, thank you for having us. Um, and, and for everyone that's listening, um, whether you're an HR exec, whether you're not in HR, that the piggybacking off of what Valerie just said, that these are defining moments. Um, this is really, these are the opportunities and the moments where you're going to be defining your own legacy and, and what matters most to you, um, how you act, how you lead, how you treat others, um, you know, using, you know, empathy and compassion. Um, these are just those critical moments and those defining moments within everyone's you know, lifetime uh, that we'll reflect back on and say in those moments and when we all had maybe moments of despair and we didn't know what we we're going to do, how you act, how you lead, and how you treat others through this time uh, is of utmost importance and what is really truly going to define who you are and the legacy that you leave behind. So I, I guess, you know, my, my challenge to everyone that is listening is to look back and look within yourself today. What are those little things 
that you need to be holding on to? What are those little things that you can be doing, whether it's with your family, whether it's with your peers, whether it's colleagues, whether it's with your community? What are those little things that you can be doing each and every day, establishing those new habits and those new behaviors that are ultimately going to be leaving that lasting legacy? Great thoughts from both of you. Uh, I'm so thankful for your time today, and uh, I, I look forward to chatting again really soon. Thanks for Great. your Thank time. Thank you very much, Rob. Have a good afternoon, and hope you and your family and your neighborhood stay safe. Thank you both. The business landscape has certainly become very tumultuous over the past month or so, but we can only hope that there are better days on the horizon and work towards getting there. Thank you again to Valerie and to Brian for joining us to talk about the impact of COVID-19 on executive search. That's all the time we have here today. I'm Rob Adams alongside Valerie Fredrickson and Brian Brinkley of Fredrickson Partners, and this is Talent Talks. Talent Talks.